Welcome to the New Life Podcast. Here we want you to experience the grace of God. So through this sermon, we hope to come alongside you as you grow in your relationship with Jesus. To learn more about New Life, please visit our website at newlifeonline.org. Here's today's message. So uh, with it being Mother's Day, like I kind of thought about like, okay, motherhood, and, and what is that like when we're growing up in our households? What, what's a phrase that we often hear, right? Listen to your mother, Right? We probably heard that growing up, like you were told that, whether by your mom or by somebody else, like, listen to your mother. I, I heard that, not as much from my mom, she was more humble about that than, I, than, than some others, but like, I heard that all the time, like, listen to your mother, listen to your mother. And I look back and I'm like, did I really do that? There were times, certainly, I was a good kid, like, I did what I was asked, but like, I had those moments where I reflect back, I'm like, really, did I listen to my mom? Did I really think that I should? Like, listening to your mother. Well, now that I'm a dad, I find myself saying to my kids, like, listen to your mother, listen to me. Like, I'm playing that role now, right? Like, I'm telling people to do that, to listen. But it's, it's not natural for us, is it? As human beings, we're, we're not naturally inclined to listen, especially to our parents. Like, they don't know anything. Like, you know, through teenage years, like, what do they know? And then we realize, oh, they knew everything, and we should have listened to them. But, like, listening, listening, we're not very good at that. We don't listen well. I think that's our our propensity as, as human beings. We just, we're not naturally inclined to listen. Listening is a, is a skill, I think it is that, it's a skill that we just don't often have. And I, I feel that's especially true today. Like I, I think about listening and, and how often we, we don't do that well. We see that kind of in our culture and, and it's just, it's not something that we do. We're beginning a new series today in one verse. James 1.19. So we've been in this series called The Story, and we're like super high-level macro, like we're covering the entire Bible in eight weeks, and now we're going to spend three weeks on one verse, like the contrast there, right? <laughs> we're deep dive into, into one, one verse. Well, we're going to be looking at James 1.19, and, and what I want to do is I want to show you the verse, put it up here, and we're going to look at three aspects to this verse over these three weeks. So James 1.19 reads this, dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We're going to look at those three elements, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry over these next three weeks. And so James is is offering this, this advice to us, this wisdom, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Today, we're going to open up, what does it mean to be, to, to be quick to listen? And why does he say that? Like, what is it James going after when he's calling us to be quick to listen? Like, what, what's that all about? Well, again, I think what we're, we're looking at as human beings, we're not good at these kinds of things. But if we're Jesus followers, if we want to follow Jesus faithfully, we want to relate rightly in the way that we communicate. That's what we want to go after in this series. We want to look at communication. We want to look at how we're relating to other people, and we want to do that well. And so we're going to look at these three ways, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, so that we can go after this, relating rightly in the way that we communicate. So to zoom in on listening, come back to the idea, we don't do this well. It's not our natural tendency 
to listen well. And I think you could see this, particularly, in, in just public discourse. Like, what's that out there in culture? Social media. Like, how do people relate to one another? How do we communicate? Are we listening? I want to suggest that we're not. It's not that social media has caused us never to listen, but like we used to before and now we never do. Like, it's not quite that drastic. We're, we're not naturally gifted at listening, but social media has brought that into just a new phase. And, and look at politics. Like, we're not hearing each other anymore. Like, we're just, we're polar opposites, such extremes, like we can't even like come across the aisle anymore. Like, human beings, we're not listening. We're not listening anymore. You can probably actually put yourself in, in specific moments in your life and you can remember like, yeah, I know what it feels like not to be listened to. Or it's in your family, you know, with a friend, you're sitting in coffee and you just can tell like they're not listening to you. Like what does that feel like? You, you just, do you even care? Like that's kind of the thing that I feel. Like are, are you really here with me? Like that, that's the sentiment that comes when we don't listen to one another. Are you doing that to other people? Not listening well? Like this, this is something that our culture, that we as human beings, I just don't think are very good at. And so today, we want to open this up. How do, we, how do we begin to change that? And so what I want to do is I want to look at it in three different ways and by asking three different questions. What, what are we talking about here? What is this listening thing? How, or excuse me, why, why is it important? And then how do we do it well? And this, all three of the answers to those questions are going to build a key idea that's going to help us get after listening just a bit better. So James 1.19 calls us to be quick to listen. Well, what are we talking about? What is it that we're really talking about when we hear James say, be quick to listen? Well, I want to create a contrast between listening and hearing. Hearing and listening, listening and hearing. What, what is that all about? So, like, as I was thinking about this, listening and hearing are probably two different things. Like, hearing is taking in sound. Like, right now, you can hear the noise in the room. You can hear that popping that keeps happening in my microphone, right? You're, you're hearing this, this noise. There it is again, right? You hear it. You're, you're taking it in your ears. That's hearing. But I want to suggest to you that listening is something different. It's something deeper. Listening is intentionally processing the information that you're, you're receiving. Like listening is taking in what someone's communicating to you and like processing it. You're, you're responding to it. You're engaging with it. It's not just like hearing, but you're listening. You're taking it in. You're, you're processing. You're, you know what is being said. So, like, communication, listening, involves this. It has to be intentional. Listening is intentional. Listening is meant to be something that we're choosing to do, and, like, we're actually, like, in it. We're not just, like, hearing information, but, like, we're in it. So, you can imagine when someone's not listening, like, say you're at your home and, and just watching TV, click, 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 clicking through. It's like someone's talking, but you're not really hearing it. You're not really processing it. It's just going in one ear and out the other, Right? Like, that is hearing, you're hearing it, you're, you're, your body's taking it in, but you're not listening. You're listening to TV, you're listening to the game, you're, you're, you're watching a show or whatever. Like, versus, you set down the TV remote, you turn it off, and you turn to the other person. 
and you listen, you take it in. That's the contrast that I want to present to you. Now, the Bible uses the word hearing and listening both, um, but there's, there's a little bit of interchange, so sometimes you have to detect what is the author actually pointing to when he says hear versus listen. Because I'll contend to you in the Old Testament, when they said hear, they really most of the time meant listen. So when you, when you read like the Shema, which is the, the Old Testament, like hear, O Israel, love the Lord your God with all your heart. This is where Jesus kind of builds his great commandment. Hear, O Israel, the word hear is not literally just take in the information, okay, but actually do something about it. Like their word for Shema, hear, means actually listen and do. It's a deeper, richer kind of idea. And so that's what this idea of listening, being intentional, is all about. It's doing something with it. It's taking it deeper. So I want to throw you three quick scriptures just to, to kind of illustrate this a little bit because James is building on, on ideas that have come before. So Proverbs 18.13 reads this. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. So what the author is talking about here is like you're listening to respond. You've been in those situations, right? Where someone is like you're engaging in dialogue and they already know what they're going to say next and you can tell. They're not really listening to you. They want to say what they want to say. They want to be quick to speak. Like, my words are important. Like, we need to get to that. It doesn't matter what you have to say, right? That's what he's talking about here. Like, to answer before listening, that's folly and shame. Like, that's not the way to go. And Jesus himself actually builds on this. And so when Jesus shows up on the scene and uh, he's baptized and then he's sent into the desert and he's being tempted there for 40 days, he's been hungry, he's on, on his own, Satan shows up, and he starts to like, hey, you know, like, why don't you do this? Why don't you, you take some of these stones that are around you and turn them into bread? Here's what Jesus says in response in Matthew 4, 4. It is written, humanity shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So, like, why would Jesus be saying this? Like, Satan's tempting him, like, with bread, like, he's hungry, like, you got to eat, Right? Well, here, Jesus is saying, no, 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 life is not just in what we eat, but it's what we do. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to do what comes from God's mouth. I'm going to listen to him. Jesus is connecting the dots that listening, doing, living life, they all go together from God. It's not even just eating. It's not bread like Doing what God says, listening to him, that is where life is found. Listening. And so James picks this up, and in his book, he's building this theology that's kind of exploring a few different things, but James 2.17 is kind of the famous idea that James puts forward. Faith, by itself, not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith without works is dead. So if we've got faith, James is like, great, the demons believe God exists. That does them no good. Your faith needs to do something. It needs to go somewhere. And this is what James is trying to drive towards. He's suggesting, he's building a theology that our faith is meant to be lived out. It's meant to be done. It's not meant to be just set aside. And so listening, Jesus has shown us that is a key component. We have to do what God says. We have to listen to him. So when he says, like, Jesus, back in the, the desert, like, 
Life comes from doing what God says. This is what he means. Faith, faith is bigger, bigger than just hearing. It's listening. It's doing. So listening is supposed to be intentional. Listening is intentional. It's this movement towards, it's not just like hearing and taking in, like it's an intentional choice. It's intentional. So that's the first part. If that's true, then why is it important? If listening is intentional, then why is this listening so important? Well, I want to suggest to you the second part of this exploration, this idea, is that listening is an act of love. Listening is an act of love. If you were with us in this last series that we did, the big story of the Bible, we started out in Genesis 1, and we saw that human beings were created in God's image. He made us special. He said, I have a special job for you. I want you to be my partners. We're, we're going to care for this creation. We're going to lead and rule, and, and, and you're going to help me build something incredible. And you, you are mine. Therefore, you are valuable. You are important to me. You are special. This is what he's saying to human beings. Human beings, we are made in the image of God. Therefore, we have value. Put yourself around a table again in that coffee shop. When someone's not listening to you, how do you feel? Do you feel valuable? Or do you feel worthless? That is what listening is about. Listening is a way to communicate that people are valuable. We're made in the image of God, and when, when, when we listen to somebody, we say, I value you. You have meaning to me. I'm creating space where I'm giving you attention. You're important. This is what listening communicates. We are giving people meaning and value. We are made in the image of God. We should experience that. That is why this act of listening is an act of love. And Paul picks up on this. Um, Paul the apostle, he's, he's one of the big guys that kind of built the church and after Jesus had come through. And in the book of Philippians, he builds on this idea. He doesn't talk about listening specifically, but he gives us the heart of the framework for it. So Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking out to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Value others, even above yourselves. Now, what he's saying is not like other people are more important, but rather show them more value than you show yourself. And this comes from humility, not selfishness, self-centeredness, like I'm focused on me. No, it's in humility, be others-centered. And that is what listening is. Listening is others-centered. If it's this act of love, that automatically means its orientation. Where it's pointed is others. Listening is others-centered. And that's what Paul is is trying to help us see and connect the dots on. Listening is others-centered. And so how we listen or how we're we're carrying ourselves is tied to this idea. So if you kind of sit yourself at that table one more time, 
Like, if you're listening, you're making your attention be about the other person. Like, you're paying attention to what they're saying, what they're talking about. Like, you're hearing their story, and and that is where your attention is, and you're elevating that. But if you're not listening, really, you're just hearing, you're just there, or you're hearing to respond. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a great story, but I've got one better, right? And then it's about you. It's about your story. It's like, oh, I'm trying to one-up the other. Like, put yourself at that table, and that's what it feels like. Now my story is more important. Like, who I am is more important. Like, I'm elevating me. Now, I'm not saying don't share, but, like, you can detect the posture, right? Like, hearing versus listening. Listening is inherently other-centered. We're expressing value. The other person is made in the image of God. Are we doing that? in the way that we're listening. And so listening is others-centered. But it's not just about other people that this comes from. And kind of what I want to do is drill down to where is the source of all this. So I want to turn to Matthew 17. And this is where Jesus is, is um, he's walking with his disciples and he takes a few of them up to the side of a mountain. And, and there he's transfigured before them. It's kind of a, a weird scenario, but basically like what God does kind of pulls back the curtain and shows these disciples Jesus' glory. You see him as the radiant son of God, and we hear God the Father speak in this moment, and these are the words that he shares. This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Then what does he say? Listen to him. Listen to him. Like, right here, we see the glory of God in Jesus Christ, right here embodied, and what does God the Father say? Listen to him. I love him. I'm well pleased with him. He's my son. Listen to him. Listening comes out of our relationship with God. This isn't something we just kind of manufacture, like being other-centered and making this, you know, making it intentional. It starts with our relationship with God. Because God himself, he listened to us. I mean, if you go back on the story, in that story series, how many times do we hear the the people of God cry out and God heard them and did something? He listened. He listened. This is the way that God responds to us. As his image bearers, as his people, he listens to us. In the same way, we are to listen to other people. We're to be other-centered. This is the character of God. This is the way that he is with us. We are to be that way with other people. And I would contend to say that how we are doing in our faith is measured by how well we listen. It's one of the marks. Like, it's a mark of maturity in Jesus. The better we are at listening, probably the more mature we are. And that's always not one-to-one. But, like, if we're growing in Jesus, we're going to grow in our ability to listen. And that's what we hear God telling us, listen to my son. If you grow in listening to him, you're going to grow in listening to other people. But this isn't something that we can manufacture. Because what we saw in that transfiguration on the side of that hill, Jesus would be the, the one who is from God. He is the son, come down in, as, as a human being, who would die for us. He would go to the cross. He would put his own life in our place, and he would die. And then be raised to new life so that we could now be enabled to live the life we're supposed to. 
to listen the way we're supposed to. This isn't something we can just make happen. Like God gives us the ability to do it. It is a gift. It is a gift in our faith. And so because Jesus came and he died and he rose, we can now live the kind of life we're supposed to live, which is, includes listening. It includes listening. So this, this thing is an act of love. It's not something that we can manufacture ourselves, but it's inherently a gift where we become others-centered And it flows out of our relationship with God. It is an act of love. Okay, so listening. Listening is intentional. As opposed to hearing, which is just kind of passive, listening is intentional, and it's an act of love. That's the what and the why. If we want to do this, how? Like if if we're choosing, like I want to be a good listener, like I want to grow in this, how do we do this well? Like what does it actually look like for us to do this well? Well, fundamentally, I think listening is a choice. It's a choice. It's something that we are consciously choosing to do. Listening is a choice. I think if we're to become good listeners, we have to choose to do it. One of the assumptions that I'm making in all of this, and I did a little research, but um, it's a skill. Like some people are probably naturally better at it than others, but it's something that we can grow in. It's a skill. Like all the research out there like points to this reality, like we can get better. So if we want to get better, if we want to listen better, we can do that. And we've got to choose it. And so what I want to do is I want to offer you three components to this choice. Like what does it look like for actually for us to step into listening well? And so the first one is not so much a doing kind of thing, kind of is, but it's more of a posture. And it's the posture of empathy. It's the posture of empathy. If we want to be good listeners, this is the kind of posture that we are to have. So to come come back and and diagnose our culture a little bit, our our time in in history, this is one of the things that I think has been lost. You know, I kind of talked a little bit about social media. Social media, I read a study uh, just the other week about how social media is detrimental to the the prospect of empathy. Like we as human beings, we're meant to connect with other people, and we do that, right? I'm looking at you in the eye right now, you're looking at me, like we're, we're physically in the same space, and you can see me, I can see you, we're interacting. Social media puts that through a computer. You're looking at a screen. You're not actually looking at a real person. You might see them on FaceTime or Zoom or something and see them, but you just know that it's different, right? I mean, through the pandemic, Zoom fatigue, like we we would watch people, but we weren't really watching them. It was just different than sitting in a room with them, right? This is what I'm talking about. Like we are not actually interacting with a person digitally. It's a representation, it's a medium, it's it's a simulation of what's happening in two different places. And that's a great tool, don't get me wrong. Like, the fact that we can connect with our missionaries and, like, we can, we can Zoom with them and, and hear how things are. Like, it's a beautiful piece of technology. It's so helpful. But if that is our default, it is our primary way of communicating, our primary way of relating to other people, we're missing something. And one of those things is empathy. We don't have empathy for one another anymore. 
We can't put ourselves in another person's shoes as well anymore. And I think that's part of the reason why the last few election cycles have just been so volatile. Like, we don't see the other side as human beings. We're seeing pictures and, and images, and, and, and we talk about people all digitally, and we share on social media, and I'm like, because we don't have empathy. We're not putting ourselves in another person's shoes. When I was in college, uh, my dad's dad passed away, and it was rather sudden. Um, he had some heart issues, and so he was on a pacemaker, and, and one day, uh, he just didn't put the batteries back in right, or something happened in the machine. He, he died in his sleep. It was a pretty tragic kind of thing. So it was really surprising for us. Now, he had lived a good life, um, and he was, he was older, but um, this, this was unexpected. And so I went home for the funeral and came back, um, back to college after that, and I just remember, like, man, this is really hard for me to process. And so I actually went to one of my mentors, um, she was helping to lead a ministry that I was a part of, and uh, I just went and I sat in her office, and I just shared. I still remember that. I don't remember what she said, though I do remember she had some good things to say, I just don't remember what they were, but really what I remember was sitting in her office, having her look me in the eye, and she listened. She had empathy for me. She put herself in my shoes sat in my chair and heard what I had to say, and she just felt with me. And I still remember that. And this was over 15 years ago, and I just still can picture myself in her office. And that was because she had empathy. She met me in that moment right there where I was sad, I was hurting, I didn't really know how to process it. And she just listened. Again, I don't remember what she said. She probably had some good things to say, but I don't remember it. And that wasn't what was important. The empathy was. The listening was. It valued me. Like I felt it. It allowed me to grieve in the moment. Empathy. I cannot overemphasize how important it is for us, especially today, in our day and age, to have empathy. And this is a key to moving into better listening. Empathy. This is the first part. Like if we want to choose to listen, we need to begin to grow our empathy, grow this posture of empathy. That's number one. Number two, I want to actually give you a technique. It's called active listening. You might have heard this before, and if you have, great. If you haven't, here's a brief definition just so you know kind of what we're talking about. So it's repeating back both the words and the feelings of another. And so what I'm talking about here um, is, is literally saying when it's like someone's talking with you, so I heard you say, this is how it makes you feel. Literally saying that back to them. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Or, or no, 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 that's not exactly what I meant. Oh, okay, tell me, tell me what you really meant. Like, this, this is active listening. So as a pastor, I do premarital counseling. We do an exercise in active listening. So I want you to come into my office for a minute and just imagine I'm sitting with a couple and we're, we're talking about communication. And I do this with every couple, regardless of how good at this they are. Like, I've come to believe in my time in ministry that if we get communication right, if we get this exercise right, man, like something like 50% of conflict goes away. Because, like, conflict is often miscommunication. Yeah, we might see things differently on an issue or a topic and get pretty spirited about that, 
but half the time we're just missing each other. And the little things become big things, right? If we eliminate the miscommunication side, man, we just get so far down the field. So sit in my office with me for a minute. What I do with this couple is I'll have them fill out a wish list. Just come up with a few, few things that you have a wish for in your relationship. Whether it's something you want to see more of or less of, just write that down and tell us how you would feel if you got it. So they take a few minutes, they do that, they come up with their wish list, and then they, they take turns sharing. They say, I would love for you to take out the garbage because that would feel, make me feel like I have less that I have to do around the house. The active listener says, I hear you say you want me to take out the garbage because it would make you feel like you have less to do in the house. That is literally active listening. Now, if, if you can imagine it, it probably feels a little awkward, right? Like the first time a couple does it, especially if they don't do it, it's like, well, this is really weird and clunky. Like, we don't talk like this, right? But I kid you not, after we do that a few times and over a few sessions, it becomes more natural and it is a way that they can connect with one another. I want to suggest to you, we should be doing this throughout all of our communication. Back at that coffee shop, sitting there, it's like, yeah, tell me more about this. And I'm hearing you say that this is really hard. Like, when somebody hears that, like, oh, they're actually listening to me. And I can tell. Like, they're telling me what I just said. They're telling me what maybe I'm not even really hearing myself, right? Like, when we're active listeners and we put this exercise into practice, people will experience right then and there the love of Jesus because this is how Jesus is with us. He's hearing us. He knows what it's like. He's experiencing it right alongside us. Active listening. Literally repeat back what someone is saying and share how they're feeling. So this is a great skill to have. This is a great exercise or technique. I recommend this to you. If we want to be better listeners, we want to have empathy, and we want to practice this exercise of active listening. That's number two. Number three, the extras. The extras. So pay attention. Like your body language. Like how are you sitting when you're talking with someone? Are you like, you like this? Or, or are you like leaned in? Do you have eye contact? Or are you on your phone scrolling? Yeah, mm -hmm, okay, yeah. You know someone's not listening when they're like this. This is where their attention is. Versus if you're looking them in the eye. You're squaring your body towards them like you are focused on them. What are you communicating by your listening? You are important. You are valuable. I want to hear what you have to say. Love embodied. Embodied. So, pay attention to your body language. Make eye contact with them. Put your phone away. Now, maybe if your spouse is going to call you, like, okay, have it in your pocket and check it if you need to and just say, excuse me, can I check this out? Like, if you've got to do those kinds of things, great, but, like, be where you are. Be present. Pay attention to these kinds of things. And you'll notice the first one there, ask good questions. So once you've actively listened, you're like, okay, I understand what you're trying to say. Let me respond by asking a really good question. Like, I want to know more about this. Can you tell me more about this? Or how does this, like, make you feel? Or asking a really good question. That is one way that you can continue the meaningful conversation. 
If you watch the life of Jesus, kind of read through the Gospels and, and watch what he does, you'll notice that a lot of times when he's having an interaction with somebody, what does he do? He asks a question, even if they ask him one. Very rarely does Jesus give an answer, like a direct answer. Sometimes he does, but it's way more he's asking a question, which often prompts further dialogue or further reflection. What Jesus is doing here is he's actually listening with all of himself. Not literally just to the words, but he's trying to pay attention to motives. Like what's going on under the surface? Like he can get to detect that. Sometimes the spirit shows him, but sometimes he can just know. And so he's wanting to be intentional. And he's wanting the, the speaker to be intentional. So he asks good questions. And notice the dialogue. Notice the dialogue is always meaningful. It's never flippant or surfacy, but like he's always going somewhere with it. This is the way that Jesus is. Like he's asking good questions and he's listening. And not just to the words that are being spoken, but to the body language, to assumptions, to motives underneath all that. So we as listeners, if we want to get better at this, this is something we can go after too. Pay attention to the extras. Pay attention to ourselves and pay attention to the other person. Good listening does that well. So when we do that well, we're actually elevating others. We're helping them feel valued and, and important. So listening is a choice. It's an intentional choice that we've got to make. We choose it consciously to listen well. Okay, so those are the three elements. Let's put it all together. And here's the big idea for today. Listening is an intentional choice of love. If you walk out with nothing else except this, here it is. Listening is an intentional choice of love. If we're thinking along these lines, like, okay, I just don't want to hear people, but like, it's an intentional choice. It's an intentional choice to love, and here's how I can do it. Like, now you're on the right path. This is what listening is about. It's about love. It's about being Jesus to somebody else. It's about representing him in the way that we communicate. We've talked a little bit about how this is just not our culture today. Like, we don't listen to one another. We don't have empathy. We don't, we don't practice this naturally. Imagine if we were to do that. Like this week, this next month, in your conversations, you were just to be super intentional about how you listen. Not just hear, not just take in words, but like set your phone down, pay attention and love somebody, they're going to notice, right? Like, they're going to see it because they don't see it a lot. Like, we don't do this. We don't really listen to each other. But if somebody experiences that, what's that going to do to them? Like, how is that going to feel in the moment to them? They're like, what's going on here? Why, why is it like this? And they're going to experience value, importance, meaning in that moment. They're going to feel Jesus in us, in that moment, in that conversation. They are going to experience Jesus. This is what it's all about. Embodying the love of Christ for all people right here in a conversation. This is what listening can do. Imagine if we were to do that. If we were to stir this up for people, like that would just leave a mark on them. 
Church family, we want to be the kind of people that helps other people feel the love of Christ through us. And we can do that if we listen well. Listening is an intentional choice of love.